Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and learn about their body and how it actually works. So welcome to this episode 120, 120 episodes. I can't believe it. And I feel like it was only last week that I said this is 100 episodes. Time flies when you're having fun. And I really do have fun when I do the podcast. So probably my favorite thing about the business is the podcast. This week, I am using a new microphone. So let me know if you hear a difference in it because um, in order for me to recognize a difference, I'm going to have to replay all of this. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I think it's very, very important to understand the context of this week's episode. This week, we're looking at insulin and insulin resistance and kind of understanding the basics of how insulin works in our body in regards to sensitivity and resistance. Um, Because I I really believe that insulin issues are the main driving factor behind a lot of the issues I see society and my clients dealing with in regards to their health. So it really is a big driving factor and hopefully after this podcast, which might be a little bit longer today, but I promise you it's pure quality, um, is going to help you kind of understand what's going on in your body a little bit more. So before we move on, I must stress that the information in these podcasts is for informational purposes only and not to be taken as medical advice. Please do consult your doctor if you're making any changes to your lifestyle, especially any changes you see with blood sugars and fasting insulin. Okay, so we're going to move on. Um, I will try go through this at a nice pace but this podcast might be a little bit longer because this information is so important that there's a few things I couldn't leave out. So insulin is a messenger hormone and the signal that insulin sends is hey food is here so we can burn that and use it for energy and stop burning fat or stop burning your own fuel sources. So once sugar and insulin are floating around the bloodstream, there's no more fat burning. Fat storage happens and we now burn the glucose for energy. So insulin functions very much like your hands when you're eating. Just as it would be extremely difficult to eat without hands, insulin feeds the tissues of the body in the same way. So insulin is required to facilitate nutrient uptake in the cells. Without insulin, your cells would literally starve and die. So insulin is made in the beta cells of the pancreas. So when sugar comes in, the pancreas releases insulin into the bloodstream in response to food. It then assures that these nutrients get into the cells where they can help optimize cellular health and function. So insulin's primary job is to make sure the cells have enough glucose and therefore it has obviously a strong impact on blood sugar levels. In fact, glucose is the primary stimulator of insulin release. So in response to food and or stress and some other environmental factors, blood glucose levels will rise. 
So insulin is used to lower blood sugar and balance things back out again. Um, so if your insulin is not working properly, then this is where we see health issues arise. This is what we know as insulin resistance. So I just wanted to go through some functions of insulin in the major cells of the body to give you a bit of a better understanding of what's going on there. So when you are sensitive, what is the normal response in the body? Um, and we want to be sensitive. Well, in the liver, the normal response when insulin comes and it sends its signal, it tells the liver to stop gluconeogenesis or stop making its own sugar because you have plenty of sugar that we just ate. It also tells the liver to store more sugar because we have an abundance here. Now, in the muscle, when you are insulin sensitive, you see insulin knock on the door of the muscle um, and it says, hey, here's some glucose. Can this guy come in and you can use him for energy in the mitochondria? Um, and that's not just sugar, by the way. Proteins and fats can have um, an action here as well. The muscle then will either use the sugar immediately or store it away as muscle glycogen for the future. Okay, so that's the liver and the muscle sensitivity. Now we look at the brain. When we are insulin sensitive in the brain, not a lot of people associate insulin and the brain together. We're not even, I mean, let alone insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance in the, in the brain, but it's very important and it does happen. So when we are insulin sensitive in the brain, we have insulin and it says to the brain, hey, we have just eaten, we have plenty of food, you can turn off hunger. So when you're sensitive to insulin in the brain, it acts as a hunger suppressor. This is why you don't want zero insulin, you want a nice amount of ins insulin that you're sensitive to. And lastly, in the fat cells, um, insulin, when you are sensitive to insulin in the fat cells, it says, hey, fat, open up your doors and take in the sugar or glucose and decrease the release of fat. So that might sound a little bit contradicting. When you're insulin sensitive in the fat cells, so you're pretty much always insulin sensitive in the fat cells. It's rare that fat cells become insulin resistant because they always have their doors open. Fat cells will always take more fat and more sugar. They're like, come on in, let's have a party in here. So when you're insulin sensitive in your fat cells, um, that will take in all the sugar or glucose and it will decrease the release of fat. This is why we refer to insulin as a storage hormone because it tells your body to store fat and turn off fat burning. Pretty much that's what it does. Um, so that's what happens when you're insulin sensitive in all those different tissues. We also need to understand um, there are good sides to insulin. 
when insulin, we know that insulin is the most anabolic hormone in the body along with estrogen because it is the hormone that allows you to get protein, sugar and fat into your cells to act as the building blocks for new muscles and tissues. So with no insulin at all, you become less muscular. So you will also become less fat if you have no insulin at all, but you will also become catabolic and start to waste away. So again, um, we want some insulin, but we don't want too much. Now, when we look at insulin resistance, we're not always all insulin resistant at the one time. Some of us are, but not all of us. That means the whole body does not become insulin resistant at once. So you can develop insulin resistant in separate tissues over time. For instance, you can be insulin resistant in the brain, but still sensitive in the liver and the muscles. Uh, You can be resistant in the liver and the muscle and the brain, but still sensitive in the fat cells. And this is a lot of people um, where they're resistant to insulin and the liver and the muscle and the brain, but their fat cells are saying, come on in, we still have our doors open. So you need to understand this difference between sensitivity and resistance in all these different tissues. You may be resistant in all, you may be resistant in some and sensitive in the other. Um, So let's look at this. Let's look at the liver first. So if you become insulin resistant in the liver, what ends up happening is that the liver does not get the message to stop making its own sugar. And despite the fact that you have just eaten four cookies, um, and this is why you can have very high levels of blood, blood sugar and fasting glucose with people who are becoming insulin resistant. So with insulin resistance in the liver, if you start noticing that your fasting blood sugar levels are creeping up, this is an indication that you may be developing insulin resistance at the level of the liver. This is where your levels are going from that on a glucometer, they're going from 100 to the one teens to the 120s, if not higher. So then if you also become insulin resistance at the level of the liver, we're still on the liver, what does the liver do with all that extra glucose? The glucose that you ate plus the glucose that you're still making in your liver, because remember you're resistant to that signal of insulin, well it converts that extra sugar into fat. This is why people who have diabetes or insulin resistance, they have high blood fat or triglycerides and high blood glucose levels. They've just got an abundance. So what happens if you become insulin resistant at the muscle? Well, the muscle will not take in the glucose anymore because you got that muscle door and that bouncer's there saying, I'm not opening this door. You can go away. He's resistant to opening the door. So the muscle's not taking in the sugar at all. Um, 
So now you have high glucose levels because the sugar is stuck out in the bloodstream. And if you have high fasting sugar levels or high postprandial or high post-eating sugar levels, this says that you are having a difficult time getting sugar into your muscles. So that's one way to test. Um, now, if you're insulin resistant at the level of the brain, you end up having hunger all the time. Your brain is not picking up on these signals of, hey, you're satisfied or hey, you're good here. Um, and this is one of the things we look at with my clients. If you're a client of mine, you'll already know this and how we kind of optimize this recognition of the hormones by the brain. Um, so like how many overweight people have you seen that never feel satiated and they feel hungry all the time? Um, this is an indicator that they are resistant at the level of the brain. And lastly, if you're insulin resistant in the fat cells, and this is what confuses people. Remember I mentioned that a few minutes ago? Um, when you're insulin sensitive, your fat cells will keep taking in more fat and more sugar. So if you were insulin resistant in the fat cells, um, you then will actually slow down fat entry into those fat cells and increase fat burning. Okay, so let's just go with that again. If you're insulin resistant in the fat cells, um, then you'll increase entry or slow down entry into the fat cells. So it's not taking any more fat in and it increases fat burning. It forces you to burn fat. Now you might think that, hey, this is awesome. This is exactly what I want. But guess what happens if the rest of the body is insulin resistant? You're releasing fat from the fat cells and it can't get burned off. So it floats around the body or gets restored. This is where we see fat around the organs and in the arteries and even in the liver. And this is where we can see that some people who are still quite slim developing type 2 diabetes. So everywhere they're insulin resistant everywhere and not only does that cause the insulin resistant associated problems but then we start to look at well if all this fat is not being taken into the tissues properly including not in the fat cells and we have all this extra fat floating around the blood then where is that going is it getting um, added to fatty liver is it getting converted to plaque and sticking to the arteries is it um, converting to plaque around the brain like what's happening so that can be very concerning so the primary signal to know if someone is insulin resistant here is um when you test their high fasting triglycerides and they have high bla fasting blood sugars um and you can measure these um you can get your doctor to obviously measure these and you can do a blood glucose tolerance test now, if you wanted to do this at home with a blood glucometer, um, which they're quite affordable and you can pick one up in most pharmacies, you would get a plain white bagel 
and you'd eat that. You would test your blood sugars before you eat it and then 30 minutes after, again at 90 minutes and again at 120 minutes after eating that bagel. And what you'll see is someone who is insulin sensitive Um, generally insulin sensitive so in the liver the muscles the brain will have their blood sugars go up moderately maybe into the one teens or 120s and fall back down to normal ranges within 60 to 90 minutes someone who is insulin resistant at the level of the liver will see very high blood sugars. So they will go pretty high pretty quickly because remember, they just add all that sugar in the bagel plus the sugar their liver is still producing. Um, So they might go into the 200s, which would be indicative of diabetes. But if you're not diabetic and you go into the 150s or 160s, it shows the liver is somewhat insulin resistant. Um, So you get the bagel, plus you get the sugar, but it may not be so extreme that you've got diabetes just yet, but that maybe you're in the zone of pre-diabetes. Now, not to confuse you, but if the muscle is sensitive, but the liver is resistant, then pretty quickly the blood sugars so you'll get that big spike but they'll start to fall um, after that big spike as the muscle sucks in the sugar. If the muscle is also resistant along with the liver you'll see that high blood sugar stays elevated and really slowly drops over time. So at two hours later your blood sugars are still pretty high and that will tell you that you're resistant at both the level of the muscle and the liver. Now typically people become resistant in the muscle and the liver around the same time or not too far apart and again this is where we see pre-diabetes and diabetes kick in so it is wise to pay attention. And then the fat cells are usually the last thing to become resistant and it's quite rare. Um, Usually fat cells stay sensitive all the time. They're always willing to take in the fat. They're just like, come on in, we've got room in here. So your fat just keeps getting bigger and multiplying. Um, But in an ideal situation, You want the liver and the muscle to be insulin sensitive and you want the fat cells to be insulin resistant because that would mean the liver and the muscle are using up all the energy and the fat cell isn't able to take in anymore and has to burn its own fat. So that's an ideal situation. Now there's a lot more to insulin and fat burning than this of course. There's so much more Um, and we know that some people are a little bit more genetically predisposed to insulin resistance in the muscle um, and the liver and more insulin sensitive at the fat cells and that's obviously bad news where you have resistance in those and sensitivity in the fat. But it's important to understand all the different levels of insulin and that it's not just one thing with one function. 
So before we finish, there is one hack that can improve insulin sensitivity in the muscle and in fact has a ripple effect into the other tissues too. And you're going to say, duh, of course, but that is through movement and of course exercise, which increases glucose receptors and glucose activity or it's called GLUT4 activity. So you know um, where I said on the muscle cell, the bouncer is reluctant to open the door so glucose can't go into the muscle. Well, that bouncer's name is GLUT4. So we can increase their activity through exercise and movement. So walking especially, but any type of movement and exercise generally increases glucose receptor activity without the need for insulin. So I'm going to say that again because I have a couple of clients that are using insulin. So walking especially, but any type of movement and exercise increases glucose receptor activity without the need for insulin. So one of the things we can do is just move more and this causes the metabolic changes we want without having to use insulin and this helps restore sensitivity. Um, And walking is pretty much doable for everyone. Like you just walk daily, you walk your dog, you take the stairs, you park further away from the store instead of going to the movies in the summer. Maybe you go for a hike instead, um, instead of... Uh, going to drive-through banking, you walk into the bank, all those little things add up. So, okay, lastly, lastly, I promise, if you have someone with diabetes or severe insulin resistance, we want to reduce insulin exposure here as much as possible. The best way to reduce insulin exposure um, is to not eat period but this is not always too smart a move Um, if someone doesn't have issues with feeling hungry then this can be great they may be already metabolically healthy on some level or on a lot of levels and they adapt to fasting pretty easily but if you take someone that struggles with hunger and blood sugar issues, then you have to be careful here because um, you might increase binge eating behaviors as a result of trying to force them to go a long time without food. Um, so this is where we're always careful when we decrease carbs. And this is not to mention what happens with the microbiome here. Um, So we want to watch fasting, we want to watch decreases in carbs um, and we want to try not paint everyone with the same brush either because this is where we see people who are already metabolically healthy, they do best on a ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting because they're already metabolically flexible and don't have to depend too much on willpower. So someone who is severely insulin sensitive, they're essentially overfed but undernourished. So to wrap all this up, I'm going to say that again. Someone who is severely insulin sensitive 
are essentially overfed but undernourished so just let that sink in um and we kind of have gone through a lot here in this podcast of how insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity works um so we know that sugar and glucose they're driving factors for insulin problems sedentary lifestyle along with stress those three are probably the main drivers behind uh, insulin resistance there's a small percentage that is um genetically connected but the rest is usually environment and lifestyle um habits but we've looked in this podcast of how to test for them and also how we can start to mitigate some of the uh, damage that insulin has and increase um, your body's sensitivity to insulin okay I think I've been talking for too long so please if you know anyone that may benefit from this podcast of course please share we're trying to reach the masses and help the masses so even one person sharing is caring I hope you enjoyed this podcast there's a lot in it Um, enjoy the rest of your week get out for those walks to increase your glute 4 activity um, and have a nice week and I'll speak to you later. Oh, and let me know if you notice the difference with my new microphone. Okay, bye.